Hello, I'm Alison Creel, founder of Above and Beyond Education, an online portal where every educator is celebrated for the amazing work that they do each and every day. It's a space where you can share what's going really well, celebrate, collaborate and support and so much more. Flying High is the official podcast for Above and Beyond Education, and each week we'll hear from one of our members who'll share the highlights of what's going well for them in their work in education. This week we're celebrating Audrey Pantelis, music teacher, head teacher of a special school in London, and now the founder of Elevation Coaching and Consultancy, which focuses on values-led transformational change steeped in an understanding of people. I know Audrey through Heads Up, Talking Circle, Bay Med, and more, and I know that she's all heart with an impeccable taste in music. <laughs> Hello, Audrey. Hello, um, Alison. Hi, and, I like that introduction. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Flying High podcast. Thank you very much. Very pleased to be flying high. And where well, else you can are. you be? Yeah, where else should you be? But high. Absolutely. There's yeah. so many people doing sure. amazing things. And I'm really glad that you are going to remind us that there are good things going on in education. Yes, so, to start with, can you please tell us a bit more about you and your education journey? Okay, no problem. So, yeah, I was the person back in 1991 after finishing my degree that didn't really have a clue about what she was going to do. So I'm talking to the third person, like she, um, me, what I was going to do. <laughs> so subsequently, I thought I saw an advert for a music assistant uh, in a school and thought to myself, oh, that must mean handing out instruments and things. And so I just thought, oh, OK, I'll, I'll do that for a year and then I'll go and get a proper job. Uh, fast forward 32 years. And <laughs> yes, as you have said, I am now the director of Elevation Coaching and Consulting. But in between that time, yeah, I've worked in two different phases. The first being mainstream and as you rightly said in the intro I was a music teacher so just started off with my love of music so I did a music degree and and thought I would I would teach music and of course realized very quickly that the teaching of music and the love of the loving of music are two very separate mm. things and there is a skill in each uh, and thought because I could play an instrument that being able to teach music would be a cinch and it certainly wasn't and really had to kind of like go back to basics but I suppose like everything I suppose I've done in my life the passion of what it is that I do has driven me forward every time so I've been really excited um uh remembering just as I'm talking to you my very first uh, ensemble rehearsal with a group of children and I actually thought they were mucking about I thought they were joking when they couldn't play the notes and I kind of thought okay right then stop mucking about play it properly and realized no this is them praying it properly this is it Audrey this is what you're dealing with so yeah 17 years of 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 listening to ensembles choirs and then moving into drama and 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 plays and productions and going on tour taking kids abroad and performing in front of different audiences enjoyed it loved it and meanwhile, quietly working, I suppose, up the status ladder as you do when you're a 
teacher and then middle leader and then senior leader. And then uh, if you can remember, Alison, do you remember when schools were, uh, um, all schools had a specialist status and so you could be a performing arts school or a math school and science. So I managed to get a job as the director of uh, a, specialist, a performing arts specialist status school in Reading. And I was also an assistant head teacher as well. I'd done my MPQH when it was mandatory at the time to have that to become a head. So I was kind of on a bit of a road really and thought this was great. And then it got to, it was, in fact, I can tell you when it was, it was my 40th birthday. I was heading for 40 and thought, is this it? And drove to school one day and just thought, I don't, I think there's more. So I resigned. Wow, <laughs> so I, just I, like so, that. Just like that, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I resigned, had no job to go to, didn't even know what I was gonna do, but just thought, let's see if there's something else. Um, uh, and I have form, as you will discover as I continue <laughs> my story. So with that, I left and thought, okay, I'll 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 just do some I'll do some work, other work. And but actually, everything the other things that I did in the year that I didn't once I'd resigned led me back to education. But it led me back into special needs, which I hadn't again predicted or thought that that was going to be a journey mm. for me. So um, I ended up I'd started off in the year off. I, I did some work with a, a drama group um, with children who had moderate learning difficulties and the majority of the children had Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. So I think that was my introduction into it and realised, yeah, this is this is quite good. It was challenging, but I liked it. Uh, and then my then partner now husband then said um because he had gone from mainstream into special needs and he was working in a school and he said oh our school needs staff Audrey you'd love it and I thought well I don't know I went for an interview got the job and then yeah started working with children with um and young people with severe learning difficulties uh and again a bit like my first music lesson where I thought people were mucking about of course this time I realized obviously learning difficulties is a completely different thing but Mm -hmm. I was I was taken aback a little by the fact that I had to um, teach children and young people with learning difficulties and, and kept thinking, how am I going to do this? Um, mm. But I learned, I learned and, 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 and learned how to get on with the, the majority, the, the, not the majority, the, the, the plethora of adults that were in the room. So mainstream teachers, you, you, you know, you fly solo and you just, you do your thing with maybe the odd one or two assistants. And then suddenly I had four other adults that also needed to be led as well as myself, as well as the kids. And so that was a baptism fire and, you know, alludes to my um, introduction that where you said, it, you know, the understanding of people, because mm-hmm. you're having to manage that um so did that and worked my way through now thinking okay if I'm going to go into leadership then let's go into leadership and special needs because actually I felt there was a need for it um and uh yeah so I worked with children with um physical disabilities was in the next school I worked in worked with children with autism and challenging behavior in a residential setting that was really interesting um and that led me to the headship um that uh, I I took over um took over started I was the founding head of a, okay I didn't know that wow yeah we were so both founding head teachers cool yeah absolutely and it was amazing doing that because of course the school was just a concept on a piece of paper and they said they, 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 they they'd done some scoping but fundamentally it was a case of right okay this is what we've got let's turn this into a school so with support I didn't do it totally on my own it was very much a team effort but yeah had to build it into something so creating logos creating mission mm. creating values creating um all the DFE stuff that you have to do for a free school there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through um so all of that alongside bringing people that 
I'm, I'm basically selling them air and saying to them, come to a school that doesn't exist yet and it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I, I, my, my target was I needed 32 pupils to make sure the school was viable. We got our 32, which in special needs terms is actually quite a lot. Mm. Um, but in, in other terms, it isn't, isn't that much. But it, for us, it's, it, it's huge. Did it. In fact, we were oversubscribed. We had 36 when we opened, actually, which was great. Wow. And, um, and then we grew um, and rapidly grew. And while the road was um, mostly amazing, but sometimes very bumpy, sometimes I had to go backwards to go mm. forwards. Mm. And of course, when you are the founder, head teacher, you um, everything comes back to you. And you actually, the, the, I can remember just before the school opened, wondering if anyone would pitch up to become part of the school because yes. you're yes. working on your own at that beginning. Yes. 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 Totally. And very much lots of times like that where it was like it, it felt like it was just me. Yeah. Um, even though there were other people around, it always felt like it was just me. And even when this school became more established, as it got bigger and bigger, it still sometimes felt like it was just me. Because I think you carry so much of yourself in this yes. school. And, and, and so, you know, there was a lot of me in there. But equally, as the school got bigger, it started to take on its own persona, which was exactly what it should do. Um, and so... Once we'd had our Ofsted in uh, three years later um, and we got a good with outstanding features, which was great. And the outstanding features yeah. of the area that I wanted, which was personal development, which was. Oh, wow. The whole in a special of, school. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was it was for me. It, it was about what we were doing for those young people as they came in and, and, and what we were giving them and the, and, mm. you know, the value added and more um, and the ethos. And so for me to see that being trans, you know, um, being lived out in the children um, and also the staff understanding that message as well was amazing. So, but I came to, if you like, another natural pause, this time I'm 50. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so as I'm hitting my 50th birthday, I'm now thinking, okay, I can either do one of two things. I can stay here or I can do something else. And um, other events kind of, kind of, fast forwarded that kind of decision really so but I think really the other events that took place were really were just my kind of call to there's more out there Audrey so actually um sadly but it was the right thing to do I left um my headship um and again with no real clear plan of what I was going to do next but knew that you know the season had ended it was fine it was good got the school to a good place uh, and and left it behind and really haven't really looked back since and that's when Elevation was kind of born after probably about a year of just doing bits and pieces and and meeting people during that time of course of which I met you Alison so um yeah that, that, that's that's been it's been a blessing I've, I've a, another new set of um amazing colleagues and, and, and friends now because effectively mm. people that I'm I'm meeting now are becoming friends um and yeah and, and the work I'm doing now is great which no doubt we will, we will um enlarge upon shortly we but, are going to talk about yeah. that there were two yeah. things there that really resonated for me was the loneliness of leadership Mm. which you you didn't say it in that kind of way but that sense of just being there are other people around yeah but it is a very lonely lonely job yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah and you and you just don't it hits you one day when you realize that there's nobody else to talk to 
Yeah. Um, uh, and so for me, you know, my poor husband, he's heard it all. So he he tends to get it. <laughs> and, <laughs> which, you know what? That's, you know, he signed up for that. So that's what happens when you yeah. get married. So tough. He has to, he has to hear it um, in the same way I have to hear him. And in fact, it, things worked out for him because actually we worked near each other. So invariably I was finishing work and then going and picking him up and then we were coming home. So actually it wasn't all bad for him. So, you know, it was it was a small price to pay to get a lift home without, without getting the train for him. Uh, so I could rant at him, he would rant at me and we would do it all in the car and then we would get home and then say, right, we're home now. Let's just do home things and, and try yeah. not to continue our conversations. Although sometimes if, if it was a juicy topic, it would continue into the house. Um, but yeah. yeah, loneliness, very much so. Yeah, even when you've got a team around you, sometimes as you said, you carry, you, you carry the weight yes. of that. Yeah. Yes. And that's why coaching is so important. Having a Vital. coach. Yeah. Which of course I didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think we, we, we had, we, yeah, we literally dabbled with the idea of coaching, but really I think it's essential. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. And the other thing that you spoke about, which I absolutely love was seeing change as an opportunity to transform into something bigger and better. Mm. And mm. I mean, they, you can see change as something that's oppressive and scary. And yes. um, you can you can see it as a deficit. You can lose something or it could be the opportunity to step into something that's going to enrich your world. Yeah. And you clearly celebrate change. Yeah. I, and I didn't know that I did. Um, and I think it was when I took over, when I did, when I did, you know, took on the role at the head of school role at, at the school in uh, Northwest London. I think at that point, that's when I started to realize, yeah, I think you're a change junkie, Audrey. I think that's what I realized. That's <laughs> where I get my buzz from because I loved new. I loved the new. And interestingly, um, when I left that and I, I, I actually thought, I don't think I'm going to be a head again. And then I, I, I did have an opportunity to, to, to go into headship once again. Um, and it's really, it, it, I'll be truthful, it didn't last very long um, for a variety of reasons. But I think actually what I recognised was that I love the new so much, but going into something that already exists, it didn't give me anything. It didn't give me the buzz. Some people like just to be ahead. They love the idea that they're ahead and they're in charge. Um, is that, that isn't totally it for me. I, I, yeah. I, I like the building bit and I realised I wasn't getting it. So that alongside some other factors meant that I um, relinquished my, uh, the headship role that I had. Um, as I say, it was, it, it was during it. And it also, it was in the build up to lockdown as well. So actually um, the timing was kind of, it was actually appetite for me to step away from it. So yeah. And as you said, looking at something more, is there more out there? Yes, there yeah. is. So Definitely. yeah, looking for So that leads us beautifully <laughs> into me asking you, What's going really well for you at the moment that okay. you would love everyone to know about? Okay, so um, so my business is has three different strands. Uh, um, yeah, all about people, all about change. And I think one of the things I'm really loving about the work, um, the um, diversity, equity and inclusion work that I'm doing, which of course, for the majority of us doing this work has, has started not for all of us, but the majority of us have started in from the racial diversity kind of um, perspective. It seems to have kind of really diversified into such a, um, to the extent where inclusion actually now is becoming the, 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 the deeper 
kind of um, issue and that sense of belonging. And I'm now talking to not just um, audiences that are diverse, I'm talking to actually quite non-diverse audiences mm. and explaining the importance of that. So um, at the moment I'm doing some work in Suffolk uh, and I'm actually working, I'm about to start working with a second school, a second mat actually in, in Suffolk. So I'm working with one already, I'm about to work with a second one. And it's interesting that I'm working in a county and again, also interestingly linked, my husband's family are from Ipswich. And okay. so Suffolk uh, is, for me, a holiday destination. And so as a result of that, I, <laughs> I, I'm going down there and thinking, can I just go for a cup of tea <laughs> and have a wander around some charity shops? Because that's what I normally do when I go to Suffolk. But I'm working down there in a county that is, you know, predominantly white British. But these two CEOs that I'm working with at the moment, uh, and I'm hoping more will talk to them We'll talk. Uh, will will get me to talk with them and work with them. Is looking at the fact that this is an an area where fundamentally it's quite non-diverse, um, and yet their desire to become more diverse is 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 it's pressing some buttons in them where they're thinking we need to do this work, mm. and and so me coming into this space is a bit of a challenge for me, but I'm loving it because actually it just it, it's showing me how strong the message is. And we're sitting at the moment, aren't we, in 2022, um, you know, I don't know when this will probably be going out many times and so different people will hear it at different times. But what um, we are going to know is that in March 2022, you know, we're in the middle of, you know, a war that's literally, you know, not very far away from us at the moment. Uh, and part of that, I mean, obviously, it's a complex um, and, and deep uh, um, situation that that, that we find ourselves in but of course the diversity or the lack of diversity that the the um the russian authorities have thought with regards to ukraine they don't want it to be diverse they don't want to have that range and that color and that beauty of um diversity they want it to be this one thing um and they're prepared and, and are doing exactly what they're doing right now as I say, it's part of the problem. It's not the only problem, but, and it just makes you realize if we don't open our eyes and we don't look and we don't respect and we don't value and we don't uh, celebrate the diversity that we have within us, because that's how we are made, then, then we're in trouble and we'll have lots of Ukraines. We'll have it. And we've had it. Yeah. Come on, yes. you know, just open your history book and you can, you can read about it. So that's the thing. So it feels like it's an important time um, yeah. for, for many reasons. But so that's one of the things that's really exciting me at the moment about understanding that. Um, and that use of the phrase, what was the phrase you said? You said steeped in people, I think you said. I did. Yeah, yes. I love that phrase. And as I said, <laughs> I'm going to steal that phrase. But that's it's the yours. thing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I promise you, I'm, I will acknowledge you, but I am going to rinse it hard. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that that's, that that's the thing. And I think that is the thing for me people 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 yeah. absolutely yeah. so i just think that uh cheers to you and to me and to the other people who are talking about equity diversity and inclusion and just you know i know how much courage it takes to go into 
all white environments and talk about things from a very personal perspective and often being the only black person in the room. Um, So that takes incredible courage, but we also need to show appreciation for the white people who are inviting us in to come in and bring about change and and persuade audiences to, um, to, be open to a different way of thinking, to being more yeah. inclusive in their practice. So cheers to you and Thank to you. me and to, to everyone you. else yes. doing this amazing work because it's yeah. so important to make our world a better place. Absolutely. I want to say a huge thanks to you and um, all the panelists for being a Flying High guest and being the wonderful person you are. Your passion for people and fairness and kindness and dignity always shines through. Thanks, Audrey. Thank you. Thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Please do go to our Wednesday Winners Forum on aboveandbeyond.education to share your good news stories. Let's reclaim our right to celebrate all the things going well in our schools and education communities. If you work in education and you'd like to take part in an episode of the Flying High podcast, simply contact me. I'd love to hear from you and I welcome diversity in voices. Thanks to all our Flying High guests and to our education community working together to make every school a great school.